This is Jimmy Cornette, and my mama said she loves listening to podcasts. So I go out there, and I'm looking at some of these podcasts out there, and it's pure garbage. People think they know about wrestling and nerd stuff, and it just makes me sick. So that's why I had to put together the greatest podcasting tag team ever. Beautiful Pete and Loverboy Jay enter the nerd zone. Pete, you in the zone? Beautiful Pete is in the zone. <laughs> All righty. Loverboy Jay is here. You got the Loverboy. I got beautiful. I mean, I don't know. It, it just, I'm not it just sure sound if I'm like beautiful our, or not. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, it just sounded like our podcast became like a really bad porno. <laughs> I, I was thinking pretty peep, but not, maybe not beautiful, but that's all right. <laughs> well, hey, look, when you got Jim Cornette, you know, fronting for you, I'm not going to complain. No, I mean... you, you could argue, but I mean, it's definitely, um, he's not a bad guy to have there for you. So we're talking, we're talking managers today. So I'm really yeah. excited about talking Mike Dicka, John Gruden. Wait, we're not talking football. We're talking wrestling, aren't we? <laughs> wrestling managers. Yeah. Oh, man. Absolutely. Well, that's all right. Well, listen, there's a ton of those guys and gals out there. Uh, okay. Well, I think I think that's kind of a good question because, you know, when, when I think of like a female manager, Miss Elizabeth is the first one that pops in my mind. But do you consider her a manager or more of a valet? Well, that's the thing. So I was going to ask you, you know, um, I think some of them may be managers. Now, there's there's a lot more than I thought there were. Um, yeah. You know, so, and of course you think manager, quote unquote, yeah, Elizabeth comes out. You probably, you're probably right. It's probably more of a, a valet. Um, mm. You get, yeah, because none of them really do any of the talking for anybody. If you watch um. I mean, yeah, I mean, like Miss Elizabeth, I mean, for when she first came on the scene, I, I didn't even hear her talk for at least a year, I think. Yeah, Macho Man wouldn't let her talk at least for a year. I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. but, but again, see, to me, a, a manager is the guy that they give to a wrestler or a tag team when the guys just have no skills on the mic. And that's not the Macho Man. I mean, the Macho Man, he was one of the, like we've talked about in the past, he was one of the masters on the mic. He didn't need anybody to do his talking for him. No, you're right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I mean, let's let's talk. So let's talk about a couple of the valets since we're there sure. already, and then we can uh, then we'll go right to the the nuts and bolts of the, uh, the manager per se. So Elizabeth, Sounds obviously, uh, yep. give me. You have a couple other uh, ranking wise. What you think of uh, the valets are out there? Well, you know, one, and again, I guess because she she was a lot more vocal than like a Miss Elizabeth type was, uh, and she had many forms, you know, Sherry Martell, who was Sensational Sherry, Queen Sherry. Scary um, Sherry. Yeah, as everybody called her, <laughs> because, you know, she would, she would get on the, and that's the thing, too, is they partnered her up with some people that could talk, because... You know, she was a valet or manager for the Macho Man at one point, uh, Shawn Michaels, um, the Honky Tonk Man. Um, and when she was with the Honky Tonk Man, the Honky Tonk Man also had the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. So I was like, but, you know, she's one that's very memorable just because, first of all, her look with like the overdone makeup and, uh, you know, the screaming, the yelling, um, and, you know, she's a former wrestler, so she can handle herself. So she's somebody that definitely sticks out in my mind. Well, so I have – I look at – yes, she's definitely uh, – sticks out there. She's probably one of the most popular ones. 
Uh, mm-hmm. One of the ones that I think of, and I can never remember her name, was Jimmy okay. Garvin's wife. What was? Do you remember her name? Precious. Precious. And the whole. Yes. I remember the, what I remember the most about her was the the battle that uh, he had with Jimmy Garvin had with Kevin Sullivan over her love. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I always think of Precious, and again, she's more obscure than some of these other ones that are out there. Yeah, she didn't do a lot of the talking because, again, Jimmy Garvin, and he's, you know, he's probably really not that well known, but he was great on the mic, you know, very, very funny, pompous attitude. I remember her because she carried around that spray can. It was like an air freshener or something like sort of like, you know, before he would step to the mic, she would sort of like disinfect the area because she didn't want her man you know, going someplace that smelled or something. Was and the of guy course, she's trying to get the perm because he had that damn perm. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes she would spray it in the air. Sometimes she would spray his perm. And of course, you know, during a match, she'd spray it in somebody's face. So it was a, it was a multi-purpose spray. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, one other female, uh, va- uh, valet, which I think is kind of a manager per se. Was, okay. Was, um, Trish Stratus, even though she was a wrestler. She did a lot of talking for me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, she kind of, she did like everything because, you know, she kind of started as sort of like a valet slash manager type, you know, and she became a very successful uh, singles wrestler in, in the, I mean, I know they call it the Divas division now. I guess it was the women's division back then. I mean, she was, she was pretty successful. Um, you know, she... You know, she had a lot of great back and forths with, like, The Rock. Uh, there's, like, and again, guys, hit the YouTube. Uh, the Rock and Trish Stratus. There's, like, a whole scene where they're kind of flirting with each other. And it is, like, it's funny. It's kind of sexy. It's, like, it's it's great. And it really, I mean, The Rock, again, he's, like, a master of the mic. And Trish Stratus holds her own with him. You know, it's it, it was pretty good to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you see... Maybe I'm, 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 am I wrong or not? I'm not sure. I mean, we're still in the mm-hmm. valet, but in, in managers per se total, I think we see more, we've seen more previously than now. I guess, is it the rest of change? Maybe it's more like, it's more like an actor versus a wrestler. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, really since kind of the decline of the attitude era you know my wrestling watching has definitely gone down but i'll I'll pop it on once in a while and yeah i really don't see managers anymore you know if anything if there's a tag it's not even really tag teams anymore it'll usually be like a group or a gang of three or four guys or women and one or two of them will kind of do the talking but they're still wrestlers like i'm not really seeing that classic manager out there like some of the the people we're going to be talking about yeah and that's you know and i do want flip back and forth here and there but yeah you're right i don't see anything i you know like in that attitude era um i don't even know if there's many managers there in the, in the attitude area era was there not really not that i can really remember i think um, the only one that really now is like kind of prevalent is paul Heyman. yeah yeah and he's a big one and i mean his, he has a long career um, yeah, I was going to actually try to get him to introduce us, but uh, I can't do that impression. <laughs> Sorry, he can't, we can't pay him enough. So what, what are your impressions? Exactly. Of, what's your impressions of Paul Heyman? 
Paul Heyman was, you know, somebody that I really, really liked. Uh, you know, he went back to the old WCW days where he was Paul E. That was his middle initial, Paul E. Dangerously. Uh, I remember Paul E. Dangerously, yes. He was, I loved him because he was like the Zach Morris of wrestling because he carried around that big 80s cell phone. Uh, he had the mullet, uh, just a big loud mouth. And he was sort of like... He kind of like fluctuated where, you know, he was kind of like a quote unquote bad guy. Then he was kind of like a good guy. Like he kind of went back and forth. He kind of straddled that line, actually. Um, I mean, he was just great that, of course, you know, he went on to form ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling. Uh, and now he's in the WWE, you know, pretty much representing Brock Lesnar because, you know, yeah, Brock Lesnar cannot string two words together on the mic. He's a dope. Oh man, he he. Well, I wouldn't say that to his face though. But no, he's a hundred million miles away. You're a dope, Brock Lesnar. You're a dope. Oh my god! So, but yeah, it's like he he needs he needs that you know he needs that Paul Heyman that Paulie Dangerously to talk for him. And the thing I always loved about Paulie Dangerously is I felt, and you know you know for people that listen to our wrestling portions. Yo, I'm sure you're familiar with the lingo, but if you're not, you know, he kind of does, you know, almost like uh, when he does his promos or his speeches, they're almost kind of like shoots where he's basically it's unscripted. He's saying what he wants because he's had some famous if you look it up on YouTube, he's had some famous rants or shoots where he's called out guys like JBL. He's called out the WWE and, you know, you're sort of like, is this part of the, the script or is this like Paul Heyman's true feelings? And he's kind of said, nah, this is stuff that's, you know, I wanted to get off my chest, you know. So he's, it's great because his rants kind of come from the heart. Like, they don't feel scripted at all. Well, you know what it is. I think that's, that's why I think Vince loves him and hates him. I mean, it's, he hate him because he's saying bad things about, you know, the greatest wrestling organization, quote unquote. I have air quotes. You can't see them. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, about the WWE and how bad it is mm-hmm. and whatever else. But Vince McMahon's like, I know I need to have this guy because he brings the fans. You know, he really did bring ECW to to light, right? Yeah, I mean, he really did. You know, if he knew how to manage money, I mean, ECW might still be around today or really could have given the WWE a run for their money. It's just, you know, he really couldn't. You know, I, I, I've read so many, like, unofficial histories of ECW. And the one thing you get is that he loves, you know, He's a guy that loves wrestling. Um, he poured his heart and soul into ECW. He just couldn't manage money. But there's even accounts of the fact, you know, that like wrestlers are waiting to be paid, and he was like maxing out his credit cards and and taking out loans to personally pay like guys in his organization. But he he just couldn't keep it going. Now, did he at one point in time manage mm-hmm. the Midnight Express? The now okay so he managed all right so the Midnight Express as we know the originals are you know Loverboy Dennis and Beautiful Bobby uh Dennis Condry Oh I get it just, you want us to be the Midnight Express I got it now I'm sorry There you go <laughs> Greatest podcasting tag team ever <laughs> Unlike them, I think we have some skills on the mic, though. I caught up. What do you know? All right, yeah. Sorry, sorry. So uh, Dennis Condry left. Uh, Stan Lane came in, so it became Beautiful Bobby and Sweet Stan. Over in the AWA, 
Paulie dangerously reformed the Midnight Express with Dennis Condry and Randy Rose. So it was Loverboy Dennis and Ravishing Randy. Then he brought them over to WCW. So you had a battle between, you know, four great wrestlers in the Midnight, the, the two Midnight Expresses, and you had great battles on the mic and even in the ring between Jim Cornette and, and Paul, Paulie Dangerously, as he was known back then. So, so that was that. That was kind of what got his foot in the door. Which which Midnight Express? And I know. Oh, here we go. Tangent. Um, who cares? Go yeah, for it. Who? Which team fought the? Um, oh God, I can't. I had admit, the uh, the two boy uh, Tommy. Oh God, I just had their name in my head. Uh, the fabulous ones. Is it not the. Fa- that was, um, I think that was uh, Stan Lane and, and Bobby Eaton did. Right, so I'm thinking of something, yeah. Well, I'm thinking of, who The was, Fabulous Ones? Yeah, who were I the think. Fabulous Ones? Actually, the Fabulous one. actually, Stan Lane was, he was an original Fabulous One. All right. And then Jim Cornette brought him up, so then it was, I think they replaced him with Tommy Rich, I believe. So it was like Tommy Rich and whoever... Stanley left behind. What am I thinking you know? about? I think it's this mm-hmm. it's the brown haired, short haired guy and then a the long blonde hair guy and they, they wore the bow tie was that them? They wore the bow ties? That, yeah, they were the fabulous ones, okay. yeah. All right, good. So see my wrestling knowledge is is growing more and more. <laughs> well, because there was another tag team that was very similar to them called the Fantastics. That's so, what I was thinking of the Fantastics. Who's that? Yeah, yeah, that was that was like a period where yeah, you kind of had these regional, you know, you had the Midnight Express, and then you'd have people kind of copy them in different regions. And there was the Fabulous Ones, there were the Fantastics, and it's sort of like, guys, come on, get your own, get your own image here, you know? Do you think they were that the Midnight Express in all the forms? were more successful because of their two managers versus some of these other tag teams that they went against. Like, I mean, Rock and Roll Express obviously never had a, a manager, and they kind of survived. But some of these other teams that they had, you think if they had Jim Cornette or Paulie Dangerously on the mic per se would be still around or rememberable? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, Bobby Eaton was, a, you know, he was a great wrestler. And even after the Midnight Express, whichever version it was, kind of broke up. He did have some good singles, you know, a good singles run. He he was part of the Blue Bloods for a while. Um, but he, but the yeah, Blue Bloods, he had a, a he had a manager, right? Didn't they have Jimmy Hart? I think so. Yeah, like, and it was more of like a stable. There was like three or four other guys there. But yeah, you you take away, you know, you take away. Jim Cornette, you take away Paulie Dangerously, you're not really remembering these guys. I mean, they're they're great wrestlers. You'll probably like, oh, like if the name comes up, you might think for a minute and be like, oh yeah, I remember those guys. They were pretty good, but you know, it's it's all Jim Cornette, you know, and it's all Paulie Dangerously. Like this is why these guys are known. Absolutely. All right. So since you mentioned the man, uh, Jim Cornette. Oh yeah. What do you think about? Jim? I think he's one of the uh, one of the best managers. That there is, that there was, whoever it will be. Uh, sorry, Bret Hart. Um, <laughs> he is. I mean, he is though. He is like the Bret Hart of managing. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I always loved his his uh, the tennis racket, obviously. Oh yeah, and the tennis his, racket. And then he always said, "Who is his biggest influence?" Who was his biggest influence? Was his mama. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God, I love Jim Cornette. I just, you know, and again, I grew up WWE F. G, whatever the heck they are, yeah, you know, and 
Um, and then I saw Jim Cornette, and I'm like, who is this dude? And it was, he just had like this charisma about him. And the tag teams that he was managing was like kind of secondary. Yeah, it really didn't matter who he was managing. And what was great about him is they really used him a lot in the old WCW. Um, he would fill in as a commentator sometimes. Um, you know, he would, I mean, if you ever look, he's done some great, like, sort of like uh, studio interviews with Ric Flair and just the back and forth. Like, he's, he's like, you know, your mama's favorite wrestler, and he's like, you know, and, and Ric Flair is like right there with him. He's like, you know, you know, you tell your mama I love her and and I'm gonna take care of her boy here. And I mean, he's just I mean, to me, he's he's and we'll talk about who my other favorite is. He he is one of my favorite managers of all time, and he's still you know, he was so active in wrestling, but the thing with him was he was so opinionated and, you know, he has very strong opinions. You know, he's a podcaster himself. He does, you know, interviews everywhere. And he he gives you the straight dope. You know, he tells you like it is, you know, he'll tell you why certain, you know, wrestlers that people maybe have idolized, why why they really weren't so great. And that kind of like killed off his career because he was just so brutally honest and he just, you know, he, you know, he was his own man, and and I, I, I really, I, I admire that. I respect that. <laughs> yeah, and I know a lot of wrestlers loved him. I mean, it, he would, he was training wrestlers like Randy Orton, um, some of the new ones, John Cena, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Batista, or our boy, Happy, Happy, uh, uh, what's it called, Avenger Day today, by the way. Sorry. Um, so I mean, he, yeah, and then he, he did, he did a lot of uh, announcing with Jim Cornette, or not Jim Cornette, with a. Uh, Jim Ross, right? Yeah, he did. He would do some. He would do some announcing with Jim Ross, um, and, and that's a, and that's the thing too. You know, he's just. I think, <clears throat> excuse me. The job of like a good manager is you wanna. You know, first of all, you gotta represent a guy that can't talk. Yeah. You gotta be that. You know, you gotta be their front man. You gotta be their their promo guy, um, and you gotta generate heat. And Jim Cornette was great at generating heat. I was, you know, knowing that we were going to talk about this topic, I went back and I was kind of watching different managers. And there's like a compilation of Jim Cornette. And there's one where he first got started in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, like in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee. And, you know, they're talking about some event coming up at the such and such high school. And he comes out. And he basically goes on this five-minute rant about how they should, you know, put bars up and barbed wire around it, you know, because it's really a school for degenerates. And and the guy interviewing him cannot keep a straight face. He is just cracking up. And Jim Cornette is, you know, who with his southern accent, he's calling people rednecks and hicks. And he's just, (laughs) you know, he's generating so much heat that people want to come down to the arena to see him get beat up in the ring or throw trash at him. But that's what the promoters wanted. They wanted that guy that's going to fill those seats. And, you know, you can have great wrestling in the ring, but if you don't kind of generate that storyline or build that heat, it's not going to last. And and that was Jim Cornette. Like, he was the master. Yeah, he was. He definitely was. And I'll tell you one of my favorites, kind of in the same era. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, he managed probably the greatest – assembly of wrestlers of all time 
Okay. J.J. Dillon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was, I mean, same promotion, same timeline. I mean, he was great. Why did you, uh, why were you a big fan of J.J.? I, you know what, he was just like this business dude that's like hanging out with wrestlers. I guess that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know, he just, he was, he wasn't fantastic on the mic, but he was kind of like that authority that you, when he spoke, you listened. You know, he wasn't funny. That's what Jim Cornette was for, right? Mm-hmm. He was kind of like, yeah. I'm here for business, right? And I think that's, uh, you know, and again, it also helped that he had one of the greatest guys on the mic ever with him, Ric Flair. But I thought they bantered very well with each other. Yeah, I think so. Like when they would, the four horsemen would come out in any form, you know, you would always have Ric Flair start off, you know, and some of the other guys could get on the mic a little bit. But, you know, you always kind of had, it was almost like a bookend. You know, you had Ric Flair start you off, with the woos and the jet setting and, and pretty women. And, you know, I, I don't think we need to say about Ric Flair on the mic. I mean, it's it's legendary. And the segment would always wrap up with J.J. Dillon kind of bringing it all together. And like you said, he would, like, talk business. And a lot of times the business would be like, you know, Dusty Rhodes, we're going to end your career. You know, Magnum T.A., we're going to do this to you. We're going to get the titles. We're going to do this. And it was you know, it was really perfect because, you know, you look at like a Midnight Express where Jim Cornette has to be on the entire time. The four horsemen, it's like you lead off with Ric Flair, a couple of the guys, they could say whatever they want because, you know, kind of bat and clean up there is J.J. Dillon. And, you know, greatest wrestlers, probably one of the best factions. Yeah. And he's definitely a top manager. And I, have to tell you, I think, you know, I think he's also there. I mean, obviously, Ric Flair did all the you know, screaming and yelling, hooting and hollering, woo, and all that. I think yeah. JJ was more for the other three guys who um, probably couldn't speak as much. Uh, you know, Arn Anderson, he was all right, but Ole Anderson and Tully Blanchard, it was like, okay, please shut up now. J- <laughs> yeah, JJ very talk, true. You know, I guess when very Luger true. and Barry Windham were in that, well, at each time when they were both in there, I think Luger and Windham were okay on the mic. Yeah, like Lex Luger, he could get on the mic, and Barry Windham was pretty good too. Uh, and I always kind of thought Arn Anderson could kind of hold a, hold his own. Like, you know, if like again, if you kind of think of like you know, like an Olympic relay team, it's like you got Ric Flair starting you off. He's getting you the big lead, and then he passes it to Arn, who can kind of okay, let me get it through the second leg. The next couple of guys are going to fumble, and then J.J. Dillon is just going to bring it home. And it's I think that's why. They're probably the four horsemen are probably one of the most memorable factions out there because, you know, top to bottom, great wrestlers and, you know, not just one guy doing all the talking. So if you if you look in this, hold on, tangent, um, mm-hmm. you look at the four horsemen yep. and you look at the original NWO and the original DX, which one are you taking? Wow. You know, I got to really go with the old school and is, you know, the, the NWO to me was it was a great concept. It was like it was it blew everybody's mind. And then it got to me, it got old real quick because everybody jumped on that bandwagon. And it's like, OK, everybody in your locker rooms in the NWO who's left um, <laughs> DX. I mean, to me, DX, I've always said they were sort of like horsemen 2.0. So Which I got to go with the 
Which DX? Which, D- which DX? Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, Triple H. Uh, I know you don't like them, but X-Pac. Crap-talk. And, yeah. uh, you know, the New Age Outlaws in China. Just because they did all those great skits and everything. And, you know, they were pretty decent in the ring, but the originals, the Four Horsemen, they were the complete package. They, to me, they started it, and, and everybody else just kind of followed. I, I'll agree with you on that one, as much as I don't want to. Thank you. <laughs> all right, so give me another, give me another manager, uh, Jay. Uh, another manager, and he, he kind of had different, you know, incarnations. Um, he started off as Percy Pringle, but he ended up as Paul Bearer. There you go, yeah. Oh, my God. When he came out as Paul Bearer with that voice, you know, the Undertaker is gone. I was like, I mean, you see the Undertaker and he's a scary dude. And then you got Paul Bearer with like the the he had that face paint where he, he looked like he was dead. <laughs> yeah, he looked very freaky. Um, again, he could speak to. Now, I don't remember. Per, I mean, I remember Percy Pringle, but who was he managing? He, believe it or not, he actually started off. He actually started off managing a guy named Mark Calloway, who ended up becoming the Undertaker. Oh. So it's like he started off managing him. Then he kind of, um, did he manage you know, the Twin Towers? I think he might have managed the Twin Towers. And the reason you wouldn't recognize him is when he was Percy Pringle, which was his real name. Um, he he had like he almost kind of looked like a Captain Lou Albano. Like, he had this big scraggly beard and long hair, and he'd wear, like, a Hawaiian shirt that didn't fit, so you'd see his gut, and he was more kind of... He was almost like a Lou Albano, like, ranting and raving a bit. He was a poor so man's that's... Captain Kangaroo at one point, too. <laughs> yeah, right. He was. <laughs> he he was, hair. but he... <laughs> but again, he'd, he'd front for guys that couldn't talk, and he was a pretty decent talker, but, I mean, I remember him as Paul Bearer, and just... When he managed, you know, Undertaker or Kane or um, uh, Mankind, you know, just just chills like that, that whole Paul Bearer character. Yeah, I mean, the Undertaker is obviously he's in that same realm as Flair, Michaels, um, all these guys. But I really think Paul Bearer really got him started. Oh, Absolutely. You know, so, yeah, I mean, it's a shame he's gone. I mean, he was great. Um, I know that uh, The Undertaker every once in a while, when it comes out, kind of like does him, uh, you know, is looking for him. Where is he at type of thing in the ring, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, The Undertaker kind of, like you said, he kind of did his talking in the ring. And, I mean, just that whole character, though, of Paul Bearer, just... Like, he really set the tone for that character, you know? Because if you think about it, The Undertaker really just came out and really didn't say much, and he was just... But, you know, the fact that you had this Paul Bear guy, he made The Undertaker creepy, you know? Yeah, he did. He absolutely did. All right, Jay. So we got The Undertaker... We got Paul Bear, Percy Pringle. We got right. Jim Cornette. The best of all. Classy Freddie Blassie. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I actually do like classy Freddie Blassie. Um, I thought he was, you know, that he reminded me of my 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 uncle, my grandfather with Alzheimer's. You know, he was just like out there, but you know, he was he was funny to watch. Yeah, and he had some pretty decent tag teams that he managed as well. I mean, uh, he managed the what were they called? 
Volkov and uh, and Iron Sheik. They had a name, didn't they? I they might have had a name. I mean, I don't I don't really remember. I mean, I just kind of remember Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. So you're not really impressed with uh with him, huh? I mean, you know, he he was he was good, but at that time. I had I had a different favorite manager in that era of the WWF. Who, He's not really who, my favorite book. <laughs> okay, I mean Bobby the Brain Heenan. Okay. Just I mean he was my favorite, and really I mean, and he was there at a time when there were a ton of managers and some really good managers. But to me, he stood out head and shoulders above everybody. Even though I think he was only about five feet tall. <laughs> yeah, but I mean he was. I think he was probably the funniest manager announcer that wrestling has ever seen. Yeah, I mean, I think he's kind of known more for his announcing. You know, he did the uh, primetime wrestling every Monday with Gorilla Monsoon, and they had great chemistry, uh, much like you and I do. Yeah. And they <laughs> and, loved each uh, other a lot. I mean, they really did like working with each other. Oh, they did. I mean, in fact, when he left to go to WCW, they they kind of did a thing where Gorilla Monsoon fired him on air. And, um, you know, Bobby Heenan said afterwards, you know, they met up and they were like crying for like 20 minutes, hugging each other. Um, when he was with WCW as an announcer and the news came out that Gorilla Monsoon passed away, he he demanded that they make an announcement on air and supposedly Tony Schiavone didn't want to do that. Um, Bobby Heenan was like, he was ready to walk. He was ready to be like, you know what contract or not, you know, he was my best friend ever. Um, and if you ever watch his hall of fame speech, uh, when Bobby Heenan got accepted to the WWE hall of fame, um, it's a great speech. It's so funny, uh, full of wrestling history, very emotional, and he says at the end, he said, the only thing that would make this night better, and he can barely get this out because he's about to cry, he said, the only thing that can make this night better is if Gorilla was here. And, you know, he, he passed away not too long ago, and I know they're up there in heaven, you know, calling the matches up there. And, I mean, he, he just, to me, he could have been a stand-up comedian. He could have starred in, in comedy movies. You know, we talked about John Candy last week. I'm like... Could you imagine if John Candy did a wrestling movie and Bobby Heenan was his manager, like, in the movie? Like, I, I, I'd probably die laughing. That would be pretty <laughs> funny. Now, with Bobby Heenan, obviously, he had so many – he managed so many people. I mean, I think people remember him most for managing Andre the Giant um, in that time where Hogan and Andre were, like, really bitter enemies. Because, um, obviously, Andre could barely speak as it was. But were there other wrestlers that you thought that – kind of held their own with Bobby that were in his group? Um, like guys that he managed? Yeah, no, he managed Ric Flair. <clears throat> well, he did manage Ric Flair, and that was a great pairing. Um, I, I do think, though, that J.J. Dillon was a better fit for Ric Flair. Um, the two, the guy that he kind of managed, but he, but because of injuries, he they actually ended up doing more announcing together. Um, when he managed and kind of co-hosted with Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. Okay, yeah. Ph phenomenal, phenomenal. Because um, that Monday night primetime show kind of it, it changed around a bit. And it almost kind of became like a, a panel. Like Vince McMahon headed it up. Uh, you would have Gorilla Monsoon was there. They would usually get some other 
wrestler or manager, like sometimes Hillbilly Jim would be there, Slick would be there, but opposite side of the table was always Mr. Perfect and Bobby Heenan, and, you know, Bobby Heenan just shooting his mouth off, Mr. Perfect being all smarmy and everything. I mean, they were the per- they were they were the perfect combination. <laughs> yes, I, I liked Kurt Henning too. I actually liked him in the AWA when he was tag team partners with Scott Hall. Oh yeah, yeah. And then he t- I remember him turning on Scott Hall. Wrestling oh, yeah. that he... people don't know. It's it's funny how many people <laughs> just think WWE and how much other wrestling there is out there. It's amazing. Yeah, like you know, if you ever kind of watch the histories on some of these guys, you know, people remember Scott Hall. Like, oh yeah, he was Razor Ramon. He was so much more than that. Um, He was. I think he was like he started off his career as Magnum Scott Hall because he kind of looked like um, Magnum PI. Yep. He he partnered with Kurt Henning. Uh, They were a great tag team. Uh, you know, he did, he did a lot before he was Razor Ramon, you know, and same thing with Mr. Perfect. I mean, he had a great career in the AWA and great wrestler. He could talk on the mic and yeah, he and Bobby Heenan, like that pairing, like they, they used to crack me up on TV. There was very funny stuff. So we got Bobby Heenan who we're going to do our little ranking in a little while. And I'm going to give you rankers, top 10 wrestlers. How about... How about one more? I think that definitely needs to be mentioned, deserve to be mentioned, is Jimmy the Mouth, Jimmy the Mouth, the South Heart. Oh, Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, absolutely. Yeah, and this is another one too that people think like, oh, he was the Hart Foundation guy. He had a long career. He was he was the guy. You know, people kind of remember um, Andy Kaufman, who was big star on Taxi. He got involved in wrestling down in Tennessee. He wrestled Jerry Lawler. Jimmy Hart was the one that kind of put that together. And Jimmy Hart was sort of like his manager during all that. So Jim, Jimmy Hart's had a long career. And, you know, to me, Jimmy Hart was that annoying kid in school that would always shoot his mouth off. But everybody would say, well, don't you, you, you can't fight back or you can't hit him because he's a little kid. That's right. You know, because he was a little scrawny guy, and it's sort of like, yeah, but, you, you know, he can say what he wants to your face, but you can't touch him because you're bigger than him. And it's like, grr, you know. <laughs> and he was, he's, like, very good friends with Hulk Hogan as well, because he managed Hogan in the WCW at some point in time as well. Oh, yeah, for yeah. a long time. So you yeah, think about who he there. managed. He managed Bret Hart. He mm-hmm. managed Hulk Hogan. Yep. Um, give me some other people. I mean, Honky Tonk Man. I mean, these guys Honky Tonk Man, I mean, yeah. As much as... He's such a gimmick, but he's he was a good wrestler. The Honky Tonk Man. Oh yeah, the Honky Tonk Man was a great wrestler. He was another one too. He was a victim of you know he couldn't keep his mouth shut. You know he. What's that? (laughs) He's a victim of circumstance. (laughs) He is. I mean, again, he's another one like Jim Cornette, who's out there, you know, on podcasts and interviews, basically telling you like, listen, I'll tell you why this guy sucks and why this guy was a terrible guy. Like he 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 told it like it was, you know, and. It killed his career, but I mean, the pairing, the two of them pair together. I mean, it's like you have one guy that runs his mouth off. Oh, and now you got another guy that can run his mouth off. It's like, it's like you, you wanted to see these guys lose so badly. And again, that's that's the mark of a great manager. He generates that heat, and and Jimmy Hart was great at it. And I think the big thing, the the fact that he was so tiny, 
It's sort of like, you know, my God, somebody squashed this guy already. Like, shut him up. <laughs> Is that that damn megaphone? Sometimes it's just Oh, to, God, like, that megaphone. It costs so many matches. And as a kid, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I can't believe it. Oh, yeah. It's not Why didn't they see the megaphone? That's right. Why didn't they see the megaphone? Danny Davis is a fake. Uh, <laughs> wow, that's an obscure reference. Uh, <laughs> look that up. Anyway, so, exactly. yes, Jimmy Hart. Now, there's one more I want to bring up. Sure. <clears throat> Before we start wrapping things up and talking about how wonderful we are still. Um, yep. Yeah, I think he's probably the greatest manager of tag teams that there, that's, that was there. Captain Lou Albano. Oh, yeah. He's, I mean, he was, when I first started watching wrestling, that was the first manager I saw, you know, and he, of course, was in the Cindy Lauper video. Um, you know, he was kind of everywhere when I first started really watching wrestling. And he managed, I think they said at one point, he managed like, you know, 10 or 15 former tag team champions. Um, I'll give you some of the tag team he's managed. Yeah. British Bulldogs. Oh, yeah. Wild Samoans. Yeah. The did, USA yeah. Express, uh, mm-hmm. Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda. Mike Rotunda, Rotunda, right. Was he Rotunda or Rotundo at that time? I don't remember. Uh, he, he definitely wasn't Captain Mike when he did that <laughs> gimmick. Oh, God. <laughs> IRS. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Uh, Mr. Fuji and Mr. Sato. Oh, wow. Yep. That's old school. <laughs> the, the Valent brothers. Who just Jimmy, Jimmy Valent just passed away. Or Johnny Valent just yeah. passed away, right? Yes, yes. The Machines, which was a joke, but they were there. Um, they were there. He did it. <laughs> the Blackjacks. And oh, yeah. Some of the individual. I mean, the biggest one I think of is individually for him is Georgie Animal Steel. Yeah, that's right. They were both kind of like that's crazy right. bastards. <laughs> <laughs> they, they definitely were. So, they definitely were. And then he met. Man- so, you know, he managed. And I think most of his career, we, we see him as a good guy, right? As a. Yeah. A, not a, a, whatever they call it, a good guy, right? The I, face, you know, yeah. I kind of was like surprised when he did the movie with Roddy Piper and he was like the bad guy, bad guy or the heel manager. Do you remember? Oh, that? yeah. I was like so shocked. Body slam. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the greatest wrestling movie of all time. Oh, uh, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> That's another podcast, people. But uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I just thought Captain Lou Albano deserved a little bit of uh, some uh, time because I just – he was – at the time, I guess he was kind of um, – I don't know. I think all these managers were different, mm-hmm. you know, in that time frame where now I think you have the same type of – it's the same valet or manager coming in. They get involved in the match, but they all look the same. Does that make sense? They all do the same thing. Yeah, I mean there's really not that many out there, and what we do have, it's pretty generic. It's pretty forgettable. I mean, yeah, all of the – and we, we've missed a lot just because there were so many. You know, you, you mentioned Mr. Fuji who was a wrestler. He was also a manager. Uh, you know, there was the Doctor of Style Slick. Um, you know, I mean, there were some great personalities out there, and yeah, I mean, that's really what we just don't see anymore are are these personalities. And uh, yeah, it's more, you know, it's like we we yeah. talked about this before. I think wrestling is more of a it's like sex and whatever else. It's hard to watch. Um, I do like to watch when like Macho Man or not Macho Man, like when Shawn Michaels comes back and. And he was from yeah. too, but like now it's just too hard to watch. Yeah, it's really a lot of the fun has gone out of it for me. You know, there was there was always great stories. You know, you had so many different personalities. Um, 
you know, you had some of the cartoony gimmicks from the old WWF, which, you know, some of them were great, some of them whatever. Um, but you had great personalities and the guys that were great wrestlers and didn't have personalities, you had those great managers. And we just don't have that anymore. No, so, no. I mean, yeah. Paul Heyman's still around. Uh, but, but he's only got yeah. one guy. and it's He's the exception, yeah. Very boring. I really, I, I, I couldn't even tell you who else is out there. I couldn't either, honestly. All right, so. so ranker. <laughs> you're, no, you're, give me your top five. My top five. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I can even put these guys in order, but you right, know, give me five of the best. And... I'm going to give you five of the best, okay. and it's it's <clears throat> it really shouldn't be a surprise who I'm going to mention, but Jim Cornette, Bobby Heenan, Paul Bearer, James J. Dillon, and I'm going to go with the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. That's those are the five exact ones I was thinking of. Um, there you I, go. Great was, minds think alike. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe bad minds think alike, too. I don't know. Uh, right. We think alike. Let's leave it like that. So, yeah, I, I think um, I, I'll i throw in Alba, uh, Captain Lou in there, too, um, maybe. as like a sure. six. So, top 15, according to Ranker. Okay. Number 15, Mr. Fuji. And if you see something that you want to talk about, please feel free. <laughs> no problem. Go ahead. Gary Hart. Playboy Gary Hart. Do we remember him? I do remember him, shaved head, goatee. Uh, he managed, yeah, he was kind of an intimidating guy. He managed a few decent guys, too. I mean, he managed Terry Funk for a while. Yeah. Uh, the gentleman, Chris Adams. Yes, he did. Yeah, gentleman, Chris Adams. One of my yeah. favorite wrestlers. M- Miss Elizabeth is 13, though we established okay. she's not a... Uh, she's not... Number, yeah, but I could see why they put her on there. Number 12. This is a surprise to me. Sonny. Yeah. I remember Sonny, yeah, and I was kind of thinking of when we were talking valets and talking about Sonny, but I mean, I kind of remember her, but at the same time, she's also kind of forgettable, which is I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she's from uh, North. She's from Jersey. Uh, yeah, she is. Yeah. So number twelve, thirteen, twelve, and now eleven are all women. Uh, yeah. She, sensational Sherry. Talked about her. Yeah. I talked about her. Yeah. Um, let's see. Number ten, right? Is that where we're going now? Sure, go for sure, it. Sure, why not? If my, let's do it. I'm waiting for it to happen. Come on, stupid. <laughs> now my ranker <laughs> decides to like pass out. You jerk! <laughs> it's like freezing now. Anyway, so anyway, uh, anyway, that those are the top, the top fifteen, the top, the top uh, six of the fifteen. There. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I think we talked. I think we talked about so many, and I'm sure they would pop up on that on that list. Yes, they would. And I, I and thank Ranker for his website for making me mad. Oh, here we good go. Good job, Ranker. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, it's gone now. Uh, so anyway, All I right. think Never I mind. can tell you this: the top five was um, Cornette was five. Okay. Okay. Uh, Paul Barrow was four. Okay. Captain Lou was three. Sure, living legend. Well, not living legend, but a legend, yeah. yeah. J.J. Dillon was two. Okay. And Bobby, and Bobby Eaton was one. Wow, wow. I think I, I mean, would switch that around a little bit. I, I might switch it. I mean, that's a great top five. I might switch it around a little bit. Um, you know, you could really, any one of those guys in the top five, you could argue could be number one uh, for whatever reasons. But, I mean, that's a great top five. That's a great top five, right? And this was a great podcast. It was. It wasn't bad. It was fantastic. Now, unlike Ranker, our website doesn't crash. So, what, what's that website address? <laughs> well, it depends on the day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Brothersinarmchairs.com. You can find us. We can find all of our podcasts. 
specifically Enter the Nerd Zone, which is the best one. I love you guys. It's actually all of them are great. Uh, Nerd and Me, Stuff You Don't Need to Know, as well as there's five of them. Sorry, Defender of the Realm and the one I'm missing, Fat Guys in Little Coats. I'm missing my own show. That's real good. <laughs> uh, so any, those five, you can get every, all the content from all of our shows there. Um, yep. Jay and I will be going forward with one of our our upcoming shows. You're going to hear us talk about one of the greatest actors of all time, Steven Seagal. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, we're gonna, Can't wait. We'll probably Can't have some wait. More, we'll have some more wrestling. We go back to always. We're going to go back to Harry Potter, which is Jay's uh, number six, Jay's favorite book. Um, sarcasm. I, I, I want to pull. I want to pull like a Harry Potter and do like a spell and just eliminate that one and just a seven. But but you know what? We got to be fair. We, we we are fair and unbiased journalists. That's right. So we will discuss book six. Jay and I like to do very long, sadly. Jay and I like to do very long podcasts. That'll be the shortest one that we have. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like welcome to Enter the Nerd Zone. Book six sucked. Goodbye. <laughs> That's it. Move on to the next category. So yeah. Uh, so make sure you guys are listening to us on those areas. Anchor as absolutely. well, where you can um, you can uh, call in. Call in. We want to know what you want us to talk about. What yes. wrestling topic do you want us to talk about? What actor do you want us to talk about? Um, exactly. We're gonna. I'm sure we're gonna do something on Avengers. Happy Avengers Day. Uh, oh, yes. that's what I want to ask you. I want to. I want to Go come ahead. out with this, and it's Go real ahead. quick. Uh, sure. I know it's not wrestling. It is kind of Avenger. It is Avenger or oriented. Sure. Okay, so if you had to put a character in the Avengers, it's not there in a movie yet. Who would it be? Hmm. A Marvel character that is not in the Avengers. That, or like a character you would like to see in one of the movies that may not be like planned yet. Hmm. That's a good question. Cause I know they got some good ones coming up. <sighs> wow. I think you stumped me there on that one. Yeah, I, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't prepared. I, I'm in such a wrestling frame of mind. I'm like, <laughs> well, that's something and, to think for for the next time. Absolutely. <laughs> Cause I'm not seeing the thing is I'm not seeing the movie till Saturday. So I'm like, I'm cutting myself off from like, anything Avengers related because I want no spoilers so I'm like it's like the furthest thing from my mind right now <laughs> yeah absolutely I get it I mean I'm going I'm going tonight to see it I'm going tomorrow oh to see enjoy it. it I'm going to see it Saturday I'm going to see it Sunday um, I'm just gonna go see it let me just say absolutely I love movie pass okay <laughs> so, <laughs> yes you do <laughs> uh, and again shout outs to my boys at Co- uh, street three rivers uh, cosplay as well as the garrison um, mm-hmm. And of course, to my buddy uh, Alan and John. Uh, Jay, yes. I think we had a hell of a time today. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. So, um, same bad time? Same bad channel. Later. <laughs>